It's another Ian Collins wants a word fact. Powered by the Mitsubishi Outlander. The average car has over 30,000 parts. The Outlander has just one. Awesomeness. Get yours for just £249 per month, plus three years free servicing. Kev. Yes. Should we start with this? Mmm, Marmite on toast, thanks. Mum, it's my birthday. Are you sure, Mum, it's all this Marmite? Of course she does, she really likes it. Marmite's a real family favourite. The boys have enjoyed it since they were babies. It's all the goodness of yeast, the richest natural source of vitamin B. Happy birthday, Ooh, presents. And Marmite on toast? And so much of it. Marmite, the growing up spread you never grow out of. So what's that about? Find out. I'm trailing a head cap. <laughs> Trailing ahead, Andre. Ian Collins wants a word. Uh, welcome to another uh, freshly disguised episode of Creative Joy, uh, which is really a couple of Herberts masquerading. Still getting away with it, by the way, Kev. I I'm don't just... know how. It's nearly 100 episodes. What the... I'm just really happy you managed to get out of that traffic jam at last. God, I was a swine. <laughs> that was lunacy. Yeah, it was It was the panic in your voice that I enjoyed. I mean, uh, that I responded to. When I went to Cornwall, I walked into a petrol station, and before me was a woman, and the guy behind the counter actually said to the woman, Morning, my dear! <laughs> that wasn't the strangest part about being in Cornwall, hearing somebody say, Morning, my dear! Uh, what was strange when I looked up, the guy that said it was about 16... Really? Yes, it seems that there is. But he had like massive sideburns, like a sort of and an eye on his palm. <laughs> Who was it in Emmerdale? Amos. Or it was it was kind Amos. of Amos esque yeah. sort of merchant. But he was just like, and I thought, wow. Yet so clearly, the uh, you're taught young to adapt uh, the Cornish ways. Rather. In fairness, though, I remember when was it? it must have been mid two thousands when you went for the big sideburn side. Type yeah, things. that's right. I did it, that. it was a good look. It was a really interesting. It wasn't bad, was it? Yeah. No, you looked like a wag wag. Oops. But the point is, it was it was a bit different. You stood Felt out. Like what? Yeah, you stood out. Yeah. Got any questions, Kev? It's questions and feedback via social media uh, and email uh, and carrier pigeon and messages from space. How about that? Yeah, go for it. You know they say about radio broadcasts that they eventually go out in space and they travel out in space. So. Mm. At some point, someone at the end of the universe yes. is probably hearing something like the first creatures of the night or something like that. I like the idea that there's a soup dragon just waking up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're telling me this doesn't go out to another universe? Well, it might. Do. We record it in another universe, for God's sake. There's an element of that. Yeah. But I just wonder if, uh, you know, if they're living among us, if the aliens are among us already, what they make of this, sh- I mean, this podcast. I mean, what's... You've been signing up to the Alex Jones Infowars.com site. I'm coming round Times to Times of London! Sideshow Kev's <laughs> on the show! Look it up! We did look it up. It's not there. Yeah, it's not there, Alex. That's great. That is great marketing tool, isn't it? <laughs> look it up! Just say it with enough confidence. <laughs> look it up! We did. It isn't there. You f- moron! <laughs> he's on later. <laughs> he's our friend. He's not, really. He'll be, he'll be back. Yeah. He doesn't listen to this. He's too busy broadcasting to space. No, but people email him. If you say anything about anybody, doesn't matter where it is, people email that person and tell them that you said it. People will always tell. I look forward to his response then. Yeah. From Skip. How's Ian's parenting going? Has he left the baby in Tesco yet? I did that once. The wife wasn't happy. It's sometimes easy to forget you've got a baby in the back of the car. 
<laughs> is it? I've just go, yeah, well, sometimes, because you're just mooching along and the baby's asleep and you suddenly... Oh, yeah, I've got a baby in the back of the car. I forgot about that. But what I did discover going on the road trip to Cornwall was the art of having nursery rhymes in your car. Yeah. That saves a multitude of problems, but boy, does it do your head in. Yes, but then there's all these ones you've forgotten. And then there's all all the sort of nursery rhymes that you realise you can't say anymore because they're not quite... There is that. You're right. There's the ones you've forgotten. Then there's other ones that you think, hang on. So the grand old Duke of York. Okay. He had 10,000 men. And his case comes up on Tuesday. <laughs> Listen, no, but the general <laughs> Duke of York, he had 10,000. Did he have 10,000 ducks when we were kids? No. I'm telling you, Kev, on the nursery rhyme CD that we downloaded, he had 10,000 ducks and pigs and cows. And No, with, he didn't. Yes, he did. No, he had 10,000 men. That was it. He marched them up to the top of the hill and he uh, oinked them down again. You've, you've been lied to. No, but they, well, no, they're lying to us. They're making up nursery rhyme verses that clearly were never there. Then there's another one where they missed something out. So she'll be coming round the mountain. <laughs> right, isn't there a I yi yippee yippee yi? There is, that? yeah. Well, that wasn't yeah. on there, so I don't know what the copyright data is on that. No. That was completely missed out. I was waiting for the chorus, gearing up to sing on the M4. Talk about nursery rhymes, you talk about mini discos and stuff like that. You know, if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. Yeah, yeah. Did, did you ever get the singing kettle? Scylla and Artie, the singing kettle. They weren't kettles. No. The singing kettle were a two... talking kettle, which was used on a commercial for a radio station. <laughs> yes, it was. Just because some little pipsqueak says that we got to do something, we... it's all yes and no, sir, three bags full. I'm sick of it. I've had enough to hear, honestly. Talk radio. There's a good argument for listening. Oh, it's a great idea. Oh, yeah. That all went very well. But the singing kettle mm. with this husband and wife called Scylla and Artie, who went and sang children's songs. Yeah. Um, but they did a version of, um, if you're happy and you know it, called You Canny Shove Your Granny Off a Bus. Which, to me, sounds a bit wrong now. I'm sure I... if you're five, it's, so essentially, it's funny. are they talking granicide? Is that what I they're... I think they are, yeah. Yes. Pensiony cider. Get that in Cornwall. Yeah. Oh, plenty of that. From Canadian Miles. We love Canadians. Yeah. I loved your interview with Nigel Farage. <laughs> did you expect it to get such global publicity? Yeah, no, it's brilliant. When I did it, it was fantastic. Yes, really enjoyed it. <laughs> uh, here's Johnny. Here's Johnny. Johnny says, I'm listening a few episodes behind, but Ian has just asked about encounters with one-hit wonders. I once lent short-lived soul sensation Kenny Thomas a quid in an amusement arcade in Blackpool because he wanted to play the claw machine but he'd run out of change. The machine contained cuddly dolphins, by the way, but I didn't see him win one. What did Kenny Thomas chant? Outstanding. He did a cover of Outstanding, and he did Thinking About Your Love, and... Were you a big fan? No, not at all. Clearly but... you were. No, you no, no. entire back catalogue. No, what, two singles? I, I have well, a... two more than I know about well, Kenny Thomas. My brain's like a Kenny Thomas encyclopedia. I have to remember two facts. I don't know who he is. It's obviously before my time. Well, you'll have to go home and buy the best of. It's more of a my time, man, frankly. Arcades, though. No good anymore. Well, it depends what you would play in an arcade. Video games. Oh, shut up. Yeah, well... (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) It's a bit extreme. Was a bit, wasn't it? No, but I mean, uh, video games. And it used to be a a good mix. Mm. A good arcade was a... uh, It had, like, proper arcade games, like Gauntlet and Road Blasters and things. And then you'd have... um, Surely Space Invaders. Well, yeah. That yeah. was the only thing you could play, wasn't it? Well, well, it still is to this day. Well, if you Nothing's say so. ever no. usurped Space Invaders. Well, well, we'll talk about that. 
Okay. But you got your fruit machines, and then mm. you'd have a claw machine, and there'd be like the Penny Falls machines. The Penny Falls, that's a bit of kit. Yeah, it is, and they're everywhere. But Whoever that's designed that's a genius. That's all there is now. That's all there is. If you go to an arcade, it's it's just that, and a couple of video games. But everyone's going for the claw machines, and everyone's going for the Penny Falls machines. And I think the uh, so hang on, what? Because so everyone's got consoles. So you're now. saying every, so? So there's no video game machines at all. There are a few, but not as many. There's a, a few racing games. Like that, you know, we sit down yeah. on the steering wheel. There's a little bit of that going on. Um, but that's it. That there'll be that, and there'll be a version of Guitar Hero which you can play at home anyway, so it has no appeal. Um, Did and- I ever mention to you Armidar? Yeah, uh, no, but I know what you mean. You know what I mean? Yeah. The thing that used to kind of have a little <laughs> roller, and it used to paint squares. Yes. Yeah, I know the game you mean, yeah. You'd Where's bunk- that sucker? I love that. Where's that hiding? I was playing that the day I bunked off school that day, and I played that in the arcade in Ashford. And a voice in my ear went, what's your high score? And I looked around, and my dad was standing there. I, I wished I was still in nappies at that exact moment. It was horrible. Yeah, I can and imagine. it drove me back to school. What about Gauntlet? Did you ever play Gauntlet? That was like, no. it was a four-player machine. Four players? You could be a wizard, uh, a warrior, a Valkyrie, or a elf. Oh, what a shame I missed out on that. You would have loved it. You run around, you get food, you drink cider, you... You collect treasure, you know, beat people up. It's much like living in Bromley, really, if you think about it. Pretty much the same. From Sooty, the gooner, in Hemel. Lovely Hemel. Yeah. It's always sunny in Hemel. It's always sunny in Hemel. What did Kev make of Arsenal's win? And does he support keeping the back four where they are next season? Well, as I always say when it comes to football, it's a game of two halves and you have to play your best. And the real winners, really, are the fans. if If they take that advice... They'll be back in Premier League glory. Oh. Not just FA Cup glory next season, I think, yeah. Oh, they aren't in the Premier League. See, I didn't know that. No, they are, but not with no glory. Oh, I see. Yes. Okay. So glory is a big part of Glory sports. is a big part, yes, absolutely right. right. Honour? has honour? Honour is, is in there as well. Honour, glory. Honour, glory, and glory holes. Right. Every step of the way. Well, if you read the tabloids enough, it's all true. Yeah, true. Fro. <laughs> you sounded really sad there. It's like, oh, it's true. But you're really, you know, you're, I you're, care. You're I care. That's all I'm saying. I care. Uh, from Moscow, Danielle. Never mind the fuss about Susanna Reed's legs. I want to know about Ian's. I picture them as very hairy with an odd mark on the right kneecap. Am I right? No, not that hairy. Hair, moderate, moderate. I'd say you've shaved them before, though, right? Never shaved my legs. Yes, no. you have. why would I shave my legs? You've shaved just above your legs, didn't you? Just think. Oh, I wonder what. James Whale used to shave his legs. Did he? Yeah. Did he? He did. Yeah. Why? I don't know. Well, was a shaven raver. Wow. Yeah. I think when I was a kid and I first sort of realised there was a razor in the bathroom. Right. Um, I think I probably did a little patch down at the bottom of the leg. To oh, see we've it. all done that. We all did that yeah. as a kid. Because there was nothing to shave on your face back then when you ate. No. Other than that, that's the nearest I've got with a bick to my pins. Move on, please. So what, I mean, do you use a bick now for your face? Or have a you got, bick? What, well, I, we've never discussed this, really. Are you... Are you an electric man? Or do no, you, do no, like I can't wet? do the electric. Um, in fact, it's both, actually. Right. So around the uh, chin and top lip is an electric trimmer, a beard trimmer. Okay. But I use the, the bit that you flick out to do that. Okay. Because if I do that with if I do that with a wet shave, uh, it becomes very painful, and then the rest is a wet shave. Okay. Now, what about you with that gonk on your face? Well, as as you know, with the, the media beard has been around for some I'm time. Now. Which is, oh, it speaks. Uh, Orville lives on your face, Kev. Get it off me! 
But the thing about the beard is that, you know, it's it's just laziness. It means you don't have to shave your face. You can just shave, like, the sides of your face. And it's fine. Yeah, but you've got to keep it slightly in trim, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. When if you don't, it goes out of control. You end up looking like Alexi Lalas. There's an up-to-date football reference for you. Didn't yeah. see that one coming, did you? Uh, I like Alexi Lalas. I like that. What is the deal at the moment, by the way, with the beard fashion, the big beard? It, it, just people jumping on the bandwagon. It, yeah, but the trouble with it is that every beard appears to be the same beard. It's almost as if somebody bought, somebody's selling a bag of beard somewhere. Yeah. yeah. And you just buy one and stick it off. Well, let's be clear, a bag of tramp beards. They are tramp beards. They are tramp beards. Yeah, they're, but they're massively bushy beards. You turn up at work and you bump into somebody you haven't seen for a while and suddenly there's this massive beard. Yeah. And I said to the Tracy, what are you, hey. what are you doing, woman? Uh, but there's, that's happening all over the place. There was a newsreader at work the other day. He just kind of, you know, I hadn't seen him for a while. I went, all right, Jake. And he turned around and said, and Brian Bloody Blessed sitting there. You should go for it. No. Yeah, go on. Be ridiculous. You look like some sort of mutant. <laughs> like some sort of... Yeah. Uh, from Mitch, in a bind, apparently. You boys talk a good game, so let's see if you can respond to this challenge. Okay. Andre! Give me some challenge music that we can respond to. The show needs a mascot. Ian needs transport. And you lads certainly love retro junk. So I challenge you to buy a Sinclair C5 on eBay and stick Ian's face on the front of it. Picks or it didn't happen. I want the word C5. I'm totally in for that. And we can get one for the right price. Seeing you tootling along the streets of London with your own face on a sort of plastic penis traveling through uh you know pedestrianized areas you get a lot of attention what, why do i need to do that when i have just purchased an electric scooter no you haven't i'm, t- I'm telling you well you were talking about a scooter a few weeks ago and i with I the electric thing you... on the back not the sc- not scooter as in moped right. scooter as in the sort of thing that as a kid you know you would move one leg to one of those with a little engine on the back right and i purchased what's called the razor 600 or something and i got <laughs> it from argos and i purchased it and it's mostly i have to say Early tests seem to suggest, and everything is pointing in this direction, that what I have purchased there is, in fact, a heap of old <laughs> It kind of works, but not up a hill. You were saying you got that from Argos! 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 I can see it on the shelf! So, um, but I think a Sinclair C5 would be a much better fit. You think so? Yeah. You don't Which get much is... rain protection, though. I don't get any. And also, you're about sort of... Seven millimetres from the road, aren't you? Your head is. you ever driven one? No. I have. Have you? Yeah. Where? When I was a kid. Um, what do you mean when ha- you were a kid? When I was a kid. Kids can't drive them. No, you can't. Well, you could do, but you couldn't have the engine on. But they had pedals. So you could pedal them about. It's part pedal, part engine. Yeah. Is that, yeah. It was a ridiculous contraption. Mm. No wonder it failed. But wasn't the bloke, wasn't Clive Sinclair actually a very clever man? It wasn't that he was like... People try to sort of write him off in a kind of Eddie the Edwards sort of way, but actually he was a, he was a proper engineer and designer and inventor. It very much depends if you were a Commodore 64 owner, in which case he was just a tosser. But I'm going to look on eBay now. I'm going to get a, a watched item thing set up, and we'll get you a C5. Good man. I think that's very exciting. Yes. And finally, Esther, from Kenneth the Baker, the man with the golden bun. What do you think of people who have their loyalty card on their key rings? I think they should be executed. Yeah, I agree with that. Did you see this? Hang on. There you go. A little club card there. You have to give it. You have to give your key, your sweaty bunch of keys. Otherwise, I'm to just... the person on the other side of the counter. Fine, but otherwise, I'm just going to forget to do it. As it is, I'll just you well, know forget to do it. Then look, I've had my car stolen four times, but other than that, it's <laughs> great. 
You stand behind somebody who's essentially a jailer, and they hand over a set of 500 keys to some poor person on the other side. Dirty, sweaty keys that have been in their greasy palm, in their filthy pocket, sitting in their dirty car, right. nestling in the filthy drawer of their manky house. And then you hand it over to the poor bloke or girl behind the counter, and they've got to take that and somehow perm out within there somewhere is sort of Rubik's Cube style. You've got to find the... Lo- oh, look, there's a loyalty card. Uh, it's in there somewhere, love. And then they've got to look through it. Oh, yeah, there it is. I think I could... And can I get it to swipe because it's stuck between a big Yale and a chub? And <laughs> in it goes and it suddenly bleeps and you hand it back. What kind of rigmarole is that old shenanigan? That's a lot of work, I think it's a very erotic experience. Fair dues. If you've got any questions you want to send to us, uh, kev at onceaword.com, ian at onceaword.com. We're very happy about that. Welcome to the world of tomorrow. Before we get to that, hang on, Andre, stop that. Can you give me some Marmite music, please? <laughs> the reason the Marmite thing is on um, right. is because we were talking the other week about Marmite. And yeah. it, it often comes up. You like Marmite, you don't like Marmite. We, we both agree we like a bit of Vegemite. Um, Mark, Mark Thompson, of course, he's a prolific podcaster himself with the House of Comments podcast uh, and, and various other bits and pieces. He sent, uh, he sent me this, okay, he says, I was listening to a recent episode on your podcast where you were debating whether Marmite is vegetarian or not. And it reminded me of something from many moons ago that I thought I'd share with you. Back in the early 1990s, I worked for a short time in the brewing industry. Oh. On one occasion, we were working in a brewery up north and I spent a fair bit of time in the yeast press area. Nice! For the uninitiated, a yeast press is a large piece of equipment that squeezes all the used yeast from the residue left over from brewing vats and consolidates it into one big, large lump of yeast. I noticed a couple of times while I was there, a Marmite lorry turned up and had the processed contents of the press dumped into it and was taken away. Essentially, this was the raw ingredient for the making of their savoury product. The thing that really caught my eye, however, was that within the large yeast press were living many thousands of green flies. They would buzz around all day feeding off the yeast, and I would regularly see plenty of them getting mashed up within the mix as the press did its job. What I'm saying is I find it difficult to believe that once that mixture got to the Marmite factory, they would have been able to totally separate all the residue of insects from the rest of the goop. So regardless of whether Marmite is technically considered vegetarian, in my experience it would suggest it isn't, although that all depends on whether you consider gross green yeast flies to be meat, of course. But there is a thing, there's collateral insect damage allowed within food. In fact, our other mutual friend, Paul Blanchard, yeah. is that because he knows about food, because he does the Sugar Podcast. If you haven't heard the Sugar Podcast, by the way, it's called The Sugar Podcast, and you should have a listen to it. Um, he can what's talk... it, hang on, what's it about? Oh, I can't remember now. It's uh... No, it'll come back to me. He, would say, he can say all about what is allowed in food, and it, it, there is a certain element. I think it's 2% of... I think it's called collateral insect. Yeah. Any product can have 2% of, in, of insects in it. Yeah. But I think it's fair to say that Marmite's now all clean. It's fine. Oh, that was just back in the day. That was yeah, about the 1890s yeah. when Marmite Oh, was, yeah, this was you know. like Victorian times. Yeah. Yeah, not now. Vegetarianism. No. Vegetarianism. Yeah, I know. 
<sighs> okay, Andre, start the... Yeah, that music, thank you. Here we go. It is that time again, your suggestions on how to make the world a better place. Some things in life just need a bit of a rethink, a reworking, a rewiring of ideas in order to improve, usurp, or just outshine the status quo. Join us now, brethren, as we ask you for your suggestions on making life just a tad easier than it was yesterday. Welcome to our workshop, Kev. I have two. Uh, it's a train one. Now, my brother-in-law, who who listens to this particular podcast, works on the trains and gives me hassle for slagging off the trains all the time. But if you use them as often as we do, you're going to have a little bit of a bee in your bonnet or a fly in your marmite about uh, about the train system and the fact that I it doesn't think so. work. Yeah. However, on certain networks, uh, they have, uh, and it's, I'm sure it's the same all over the country, they have the priority seat. And the priority seat is there so that if you are, you know, old or pregnant or lazy or got one leg, like you're a pirate or something, you can sit down. And what the rail network do is they give you a card which says, I'm, you know, I'm entitled to use this seat. Please get up and let me sit down. Now, that's all fine and that's good. And, you know, it's all very polite. I'm going to suggest uh, putting to one side the card scenario and instead replacing the priority seats with priority ejector seats and effectively rather than having a card you have a little remote control with a button (laughs) and if they won't get out of your way you press it and it just lifts the person up and out of the train providing great entertainment for the whole carriage that's good and could you also apply that then to people use it i noticed some bloke from made in chelsea was arrested the other day for using his mobile phone in the quiet carriage on the train now i was on a train just last week coming back from bournemouth and behind me was a guy. He was sitting. There was a, firstly there was a young girl. It was about eighteen sitting behind me, um, and she was on her own. And then, much to my disquiet, but clearly much more to hers, a very large man came and sat down next to her. And that was probably difficult enough and a bit intimidating for her. Right. Um, however, what made it worse is it proceeded to talk very loudly on the phone while eating prunes. Oh. So he's behind me as well at this stage. So not only can I hear a man talking really loudly, I can hear a man eating very loudly. And I'm one, my biggest question is, isn't the person on the other end of the phone at some point going to say, even though I can't hear them, isn't they, they going to say, excuse me, could you stop f***ing eating while you're talking to me? But it didn't seem to bother him. And every now and again, he threw another one in and just carried on talking. So there would be another classic case where the ejector pen no, would no, be a beautiful bit of care. I don't think that would work there. I think you need a quiet carriage samurai who will just go through yeah. the carriage and just start beheading people who don't pay attention to the rules another one i've got speaking of phones uh it's just a simple one a hands-free kit for a mobile that actually works because the point is of hands-free it's hands-free but everyone holds a little microphone up using their hand therefore if that's the way it works best there's obviously a design flaw that to me is a massive annoyance there's never any need i've never ever had to hold the microphone up right why but people is, do, though. But why do they do that? Exactly. They, they do it because they think they're meant to do it. They do it because they, they're not aware. Because when you put the headphones in, if you're talking about the standard Apple um, you know, headphones that come with the iPhone, uh, you put the headphones in, and it looks as if the microphone is like a little way down, maybe sort of half a foot away from your mouth. So I think, they think, that you're meant to hold it up to your mouth. And it just looks ridiculous. A man spent about 15 years designing that, so you didn't f***ing have to do that. Well, that's true. That's the whole point. It's hands-free. You know, you say that, but whenever you phone me, I can't hear a f***ing word you're saying. It's all like... 
The other thing is, I mean, it's true. So people do that. They, they hold it up. So they've got their headphones in. But they're, sometimes they got their headphones in. And this is even more mysterious. They're not even aware there's a microphone on the headphones. So they're speaking into their phone. Right. As well as, hit, what is that all about? Oh, that's just ego. It's just nonsense. How can you not know there's a microphone on your headphone set? But people do say with a hands-free thing, they go, oh, I can't hear you, which is what I think is why people. No, but hold that's up. usually because there's interference or because you know it's a bad signal area, not because of the, the the. But you can see why people do it, which means there has to be some sort of solution. You don't want to have like a Madonna-style headset because you'd look like a twat. Yeah, what happened to the the, the whole Bluetooth? I, know, thing? I mean, that yeah. just kind of disappeared, didn't it? I think they still use them for um for online gaming. Yeah, that's true. But it was, you know, for a while, it, it was... I mean, they were, they were a little bit painful and cumbersome on your lug hole. Yeah. But uh, they, they were clearly a, a superior bit of kit to just a set of headphones, plastic headphones. This comes from Nick in Bromley. He says, my way to make the world a better place is to get kids leaving school about the age of 10 and into the workplace. After all, unless you intend to become a doctor or an engineer, school is mostly surplus to requirements at this age. These young scamps will be far better earning a coin and doing something useful. Yeah. There's something in that. What, like sending them up a chimney? Well, we once argued, and it might have come up on the podcast before, that, that drama was more important than mathematics. Do you remember this? It sounds like something we'd say. The th- well, the theory was, OK, if you take drama... Rather than looking at drama, that you're going to go to a drama lesson and perform Andrew Lloyd Webber's Cats, to look at drama as being something where you uh, boost your confidence, where right. you can have a bit of um, interaction between other pupils. You can, you know, you learn a bit about literature. So confidence, literature, history. I learned all about the Holocaust, not in history, in drama. Funny enough, at school, because we had a Jewish drama teacher. She taught us about that. Uh, and then so you've got the confidence boost, so kids that would never have ordinarily gone into a, any kind of school play or anything where you had to publicly speak were encouraged to do so, so they boosted their confidence. And I would say it ticked an awful lot of boxes beyond the, the, the one that the word drama just immediately conjures up, which is some little swat in a school play, but in fact it can be so much more than that. Whereas mathematics, unless you intend to go into the field where mathematics is going to be useful to you, so some sort of arithmetic-based gig teachers, mathematicians, and those that work with physics, that kind of thing, mm-hmm. then most of what you learn in maths is completely redundant after about the age of 10. What did you learn in maths I, after 10? I think there's an element of truth in that. In the, I mean, I've never used algebra. It's not an element, it's fact, Kev. Yeah, fact. I've never used algebra, for example. Well, there you go. You never used algebra. But then, but then, you know, if you're 13, you might not know what you want to do, so maybe you should cover all bases first. Yes, but all I'm saying is that drama is kind of optional. I would suggest that the average kid in this country would learn more going forwards in life out of drama than they would out of maths. Because you could add up, divide, subtract, all of that by the age of 10, yeah? You could probably do your times I, I'm table. I'm still trying to work it out now. By the age of 10, yeah. yeah. Right. 1972 plus 7 equals 1979. Right. When I was born. So at that time, when you're... Which is the same time Thatcher got into office, of course. That's right. Mere coincidence. But during that time, you've learnt all your basics of maths. You don't need... There's nothing now I, I learnt in maths after the age of 10 that I use today. Absolutely nothing. But drama? Loads. Well, you were a little bit of a thesp, weren't you, back in the day? No need for that. Jess, the Pokemon diehard, says, Here's my suggestion. All members of UKIP should be made to turn up at a specified location one morning and told that a special announcement is coming their way. They should then all be shot. <laughs> Great. That might work. 
And Paul Fear in Basingstoke. What? Says, Paul Fear? Not the radio presenter. I was going to say. Isn't, no, he, bu- into, isn't he busy? I, I bumped into him the other day. Straight. Was he all right? Yeah, works at my place now. Has he still got that tash? Still got it. Still tash based. Yeah. Looks good on it as nice well. Nice man. Uh, so, uh, finally, Paul Fear says, uh, this would definitely change the world. How about everybody should own their own Norman Tebbit? Because <laughs> <laughs> you got a political thing going on here. I like this. Hear me out, says Paul. Uh, once DNA cloning becomes the norm, we can order up all manner of people. Tebbit was a divisive character, but he was a man who took no nonsense and said what many of us were already thinking. Imagine that pesky cold caller or an awkward conversation with the council or a neighbour. Don't do it yourself. Just wheel out Norman. <laughs> Everyone's a winner. But then the trouble with that, because Paul's talking about that as if a cloned Norman would be like a robot that you could turn on and off. Right. But a, a, surely a cloned... This is the flaw in the plan, because a cloned Norman would be another Norman. It would be an actual human being. So yeah. you'd have to you'd have to finance him. You'd have to pay for him. You'd have to live in he, your house. He could live in a shed. He was one of the classic spitting image characters. He was, there are t- it has to be said, if there was a time for that programme to come back, and I know they have tried, yeah. it's now. Oh, isn't it just? It's just, and it's, imagine, it's insane that it's not on. Can you imagine the UKIP stuff? They had some randoms as well, though. Like, you'd have a Leonard Nimoy puppet. Yes, he's who is actually And Donald Sinden. <laughs> uh, if you've got any ways to make the world a better place, uh, Ian at onceaword.com, Kev at onceaword.com. And you know, I like to flatter you. I mean, your taste is obviously impeccable, and you know what you want from life, which is exactly why you should be driving a Mitsubishi Shogun. And the good news is, you can now save up to £5,000 on this ultimate 4x4, with prices starting from just 26199 and 0% finance available across the range. You've just got to check it out for yourself. Pop by mitsubishi-cars.co.uk slash shogun for some very special offers. Shogun, always capable, surprisingly affordable. Oh, deep joy. It's, well, what can it be described as Kev's slot? Yeah. I had a thing on Twitter, because, you know, Twitter, it's a social media thing. Yes, it is. Yeah, um, all the kids are doing it. Well, we've been talking about a once-a-word beach towel so yeah. this summer, and you'd be very surprised at the number of people who actually want a once-a-word beach towel for their do. summer holidays. So we're looking at it, but kevawantsaword.com, if you would like a once-a-word beach towel, and the more we get, the more it's likely to happen. But it got me thinking. So I just put a tweet out there saying, you know, does anyone else have any once-a-word merchandise ideas? And it turns out, that people do. Okay. Andre, give me some. How do we get some money from this husk? Music, please. <laughs> so people suggested some items of once a word merchandise uh, that we could do in order to, uh, you know, sustain the podcast and keep things going. For example, Yule Grinner says, "Strap on quiffs." <laughs> I I don't know if I can see that, but I like the idea. Be more like a strap-on pompadour, anyway, wouldn't it? This what to, 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 for a very Collins-esque Barnet is yeah. that clearly what's being suggested here? Um, would it when he says strap? I mean, would it be glue-on, uh, like some kind of hairpiece, or would it be would it have an elasticated thing that went round your chin? Well, I'm thinking what we could do is we could actually have it attached to a pair of novelty glasses okay. with the quiff, so you sort of put it on, and that's got the that'd be quite good. So the okay. and, and a pair of fingers at the side. <laughs> Like, you know, like on the logo. We had examined that before, haven't we? Yeah. The fingers on the glasses. It's a nice idea. Yeah, and then, so now you're adding a quiff to that. Why don't you just put my whole head (laughs) for sale? 
you two could look like a Burke. Yeah. Not that you look like a Burke. No. no. We could get a, I don't know, just get a wax face. What have you got for sale? Colin's face. Yeah. Made of, do people still make masks out of wax? Well, they do at Madame Tussauds. Oh, yeah, okay. I've only been once. I think the thing about Madame Tussauds is they have a bunch of stuff which is incredibly lifelike, and you're looking at it like, that could almost be Sean Connery. Yeah. And then they'll have one which is Chris Evans, and it doesn't look like Chris Evans. Yeah. Yeah. And people steal bits, don't they? I'd like to hear, yeah. We'd like to hear from you if you've ever stolen something from a waxwork museum, a gun from Sean Connery, a mm-hmm. kneecap from Beyond Borg, had a <laughs> fist from Julian Clary, that kind of thing. Whatever happened to Norman Lamont? Oh, dear. Christian suggests an Ian Collins wants a word checkbook and pen, although no one will ever receive one as they don't exist. Hashtag Splink. Uh, Leighton Castle says, what about a whoopee cushion with Ian's face on it? My missus has a crush on him, and so she could sit on his face. Yeah, but hang on. That means that... Stop it. Yeah, but then you'll make like a fart noise. I don't think that's what you... Well, anyway, moving on. Um, or toilet roll covers. Collect them both. Ian and Sideshow Kev woolly dolls. Yes. Look great in any share. <laughs> woolly dolls. You don't really get woolly dolls, do you? Well, so gra- used to cover the... Yeah. Yes. The Where's the toilet roll gone? Oh, yeah. it's under this giant skirt. But kind of in a way, it was probably better than just having a bog roll there, wasn't it? It was, but I, I mean, I suppose it was a politeness thing. It wasn't actually meant to people mm. to go, oh, I can't find the toilet. Oh, there it is. Because I've done that as well. Have you ever gone, you know, you go shop, you go to the sea, you run out of loo roll. So you go to the shop and you buy loo roll and you, you come out and you while you're there, you buy, I don't know, you know, a Kit Kat or something. So you walk back and then you bump into a neighbour and all you've got in your hand are six loo rolls and a Kit Kat. And there's something about that, isn't there? There's only one reason you've purchased loo rolls. Yeah. That's to wipe your ass. Yeah. yeah. There's yeah. no way round that, really. It's not a packet of tissues, even. And the more you have, the more it seems that, you know... You're, yeah. 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 Uh, from Arson's Magic Train Face, Toby says, a mini Tombolatron. I love that. Imagine, nice. the, imagine the look on the kids' faces at Christmas as you present them with a mini Tombolatron and they could, they could play their own little subject games all day. Good call. Uh, Loopy Louie suggests, from the poultry section, Sideshow Chicken Kievs. <laughs> I had a, uh, a boss who um, used to send emails but wouldn't check them first. And for some reason, my name would always be, always be spelt Kiev. And it was like really odd. Kiev, can you? And it's like, what? You've worked for him as well. That's the funny thing. Uh, Andy Beckett says, could you do pickled onions like Barry Norman but with a little less chilli, please? I haven't tried his pickled onions. I, uh, yeah. Barry Norman's pickled onions. How did that happen? Well, what he did was he got some onions and some vinegar. Yeah, we know that. Here's something yeah. I saw the other day in Bournemouth. Now, this person I've seen three times. But twice. Once was near a TV studio where he works. Right. Uh, the other was uh, walking not too far from where he works. But this was in Bournemouth at a railway station. And this was... TV newsreader Alistair Stewart. Hey! And he's all, he smokes like a bloody chimney. He does, yeah. And every, so every time I've seen him, he's always got a cigarette on. And there were, I was just going into Bournemouth Station. And standing outside Bournemouth Station was Alistair Stewart with a cigarette. Now, I don't know what he's doing down there. However, Alistair Stewart looks like an artist's impression of an <laughs> older man. <laughs> you know when they add some sort of weird grey hair onto a photograph? It's true, yeah. And they try to put pretend wrinkles on. Yeah. He kind of looks like... An artist impression of himself as an older man, yeah. even though he now is the sort of slightly older man. Do you remember him on the police camera action program Vaguely. talking about drink driving? And he he went, "I should know because I was caught years ago." 
sozzle behind the wheel. <laughs> you might want to just confirm that fact before we put that out, <laughs> But I think it's true. Oh, too late. <laughs> uh, from Craig. Craig says, I want a word checkbook and pen. You'd be amazed at how often that came up. Yeah. Uh, Tomco says, a nice glass of Andre Port before dinner. Don't mind if I do. <laughs> uh, Sick Britain says, dodge pots. Like a sort of desk tidy pot for, well, dodge pots. I like that. Something called Will... Uh, Will... Will... Guyat? Guyat? Something like that. Gnu. Will Gnu says... Yeah, you don't pronounce the U-Y-A-T-T <laughs> of the word. I'd love to see some once-a-word car stickers. <laughs> do they still do those anywhere? It'd all be hard, wouldn't it? Just, yes, just hard. Uh, Pete Guest says, A baby's onesie emblazoned with I wish my daddy was Ian Collins. <laughs> uh, Tony says... Once the word branded leatherette riding gloves would be a winner, or a branded ball gag would be apt. How many more of these have you got for <laughs> sake? This is the longest feature. Just a couple. People, Bloody hell. People were very receptive. Uh, you'll like this one. Somebody called Paul Blanchard, who does a sugar podcast. Oh, you, Paul Blanchard, the sugar podcast. Do you know what that's about? Uh, no. What about once the word cake made in the shape of Ian's trademark glasses? Well, I'm assuming it'd be sugar-free cake, sugar-free. and therefore it would taste like sh- Yep. Uh, and finally, from Gavin. Gavin says, what about a calendar alarm app to let us know when the podcast is released? Nice. Thank you, Gavin. Thank you, Kev. That's all right. Credit stream. And there you go. Another absolute stunner in the bag. Thank you, kind sir. Thanks to our sponsors, Mitsubishi Motors in the UK. If you go to Google and put that in, uh, you will find their website, uh, your local dealer, and all manner of uh, fabulous offers and stuff about uh, Mitsubishi Motors in the UK. Uh, musical bits were provided by Kevin McLeod from Incompetech. Who drives a Mitsubishi, apparently. I, I believe he does. Outlander man. Uh, Andre Porch bought a Mirage. He's got, uh, he's got a Mirage. He's got a Mirage. Nice blue one. He pressed some buttons. Uh, thanks to all of our guests. All can be followed on Twitter. As can we, at Once A Word. If you're not following us on Twitter, just go to at Once A Word and you will be there. Um, join us next week, of course, because we are back in around about seven... What's that? In-show catering. Can you move the auto queue up, please? <laughs> In-show catering was provided by... No, it wasn't. It wasn't provided by Abdul's Coffee Shack. Right. Because Abdul got ill drinking his own coffee. Right. It was provided by the Wimpy. Oh. This week. So thank you, Wimpy people. It's very nice. Come on, then. Do it. I'm not going to do the Bender and Chips <laughs> gag. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> we are back, however, in seven days. Until that very, very hour, everybody. Goodbye. A Big Things Media production. Big Things. It's another Ian Collins once a word fact. Powered by the Mitsubishi ASX. New car smell is composed of 50 different elements. The new Mitsubishi ASX smells lovely and is yours from just £14,999. That's nothing to sniff at. My dear! <laughs> <laughs>